I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 27. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And it's happened again. It has happened again. Um, <laughs> what a brilliant result yesterday. God, did we need that. Spurs 3, West Ham 1. We really, really needed that. It was the most, I think it's the most apprehensive I've been going into a West Ham home game for a number of seasons. And, you know, I don't really know why, because they're not that good. But maybe it's because we're not that good. I'm not sure. But we we desperately needed to get the three points. Um, and we did that. What did you make of the game, firstly, ACD? Exactly. We can't leave out the Brighton game, right? Because we always talked about it, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And so winning at Brighton was the worst thing that could have happened to us, you know, because it was like we'd always taken the West Ham win. But it wasn't comfortable. And it was like that That and the Chelsea games were the worst games to feel apprehensive. At least with Chelsea sort of expect to lose, really. But with West Ham, you never know what's going to happen. Never. You never know what's going to happen. And we've got that 3-3 in the back of our minds, all the aggro that's going on. But then, like, you look at it, player for player, there's only one player you'd have in our team, and that's Declan Rice, right? And then even then, I wasn't particularly impressed with him yesterday. And I don't know where he'd play over Hoiberg or Bentico right now. We were unbelievable at the moment. But, yeah, I, I, I hate that game. I hate, I, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of those, you, you just feel like you can't win, because if you beat them, you're like, well, we'd, yeah. we should be winning. So it's like you can't win and you lose, and it's like an absolute nightmare. But um, let let you know, let's go through, let's analyze the game. I thought we come out of the traps flying, and it was great to see that we were clearly really pumped up, like raring to go, and it was like we're going to be on the front foot from minute one. And the first fifteen minutes, I thought we were brilliant. We were really like got in their faces, made it difficult for them. I think it felt to me like clearly the game plan was try and kill the game in the first half an hour, and then keep the ball because. You know, they obviously they played Wednesday night, didn't they? Went into extra time, and you could see the effects on quite a few of their players that they they did not have the same intensity that they normally do. Um, but you know, the first goal, firstly, brilliant bit of play from Doherty on the right hand side, high yeah. up to win the ball back, get it into Kane. Kane just, I mean, it was another incredible performance from him. But he does brilliant to get to the byline, whips the cross in, and it couldn't have been any better than, than Zuma to you know turn it into his own net. There must have been. 20 to 30 inflatable cats in the ground that people were obviously pumping up and then just smack it was so funny he got so much abuse the whole game um and and obviously deserved um but the first goal was brilliant and that really did it felt like that really put us on the front foot yeah and it it was just intense wasn't it how many times have we been to games where we just not get going until 20 minutes but by that time the momentum's all with the other team especially games like this where their fans are well up for it like it's a top four game like it's a massive game we're on the same points going into that it's a huge game and uh, we both played midweek no one really knows what to expect of us but yeah on it Kulichewski Kane and Son is now up there with the best striking partnerships in in the world now. had another really good game and 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 he he set the chance up didn't he about a minute later for Son when he hit the post and it was like that felt like it could have been a turning point in the game because it was like it was a brilliant break. Kuzeski does amazing, goes past one, cuts it back, and you think Sun was his dark penalty spot, finish it, and he hits the post. And he, there was a sense of in the ground, is that going to be one of those chances that comes back to bite us? Are we going to regret not taking that? Because that was only after about 11, 12 minutes. And that, that should have been 2 0, you know, pretty much dead and buried game over so there was a little bit of like frustration from some of the fans to be like oh you know we, we should have taken it but again that all come from winning the ball back in the opposition's half and being on the front foot when you haven't got the ball yeah that high press we haven't seen that high press much really you know we've been waiting playing on the break but it's felt like something had changed Kudachevsky we can't say enough about him he's 21 he's 21 gone from one of the biggest clubs in the world to Tottenham not one of the biggest clubs in the world but you know super league worthy but not not top five and he's just dominated he's made a position his own against seasoned international professionals and i you can't can't and he's gone into a team with son and kane who are two world-class players and he's 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 provided such a a different way of doing things like if we had another son i don't think it would have worked as well but he had such another dimension that 
it's really working well. And that intensity from the off, like everyone was playing it, but I I can't get enough of the Bentica and Hoiberg midfield. Like, did you see match of the day? Right, yeah. What a treat he is to watch. Did you see the stats um, that they put up on match of the day where they had um, in the whole match touches? Bentica was had the second most. Hoiberg had the first, and they had it was pretty much the same, 103 to 104 passes, total passes. Bentica was second. Hoiberg was first. Accurate passes. Benzker was second, Hoiberg was first. But the and the best thing for me is you have a look at touches versus passes. So Benzker touches 103 versus 94 passes, Hoiberg 104 versus 98 passes. So they're taking very few touches. They're just moving it on and they're always forward. Benzker is he's up there. Now suddenly we've got spine. That's the thing you go, Luis, rock solid. Romero, get on to him. Um, Benzker, Hoiberg, Kane. That's what you need. Yeah. And suddenly the, we can um, play games. The forward, the forward passing from Benton Core was was unbelievable. And you see it in the second goal, that ball that he punches it into Kane. And it's like, there's a lot of time where he'll get the ball and he fizzes it in and the front three lose it and the ball comes straight back. But like, he doesn't, he never underhits a pass. He punches it into them. And it's like, there you go, deal with it. Like, let's play. And that ball into Kane completely took Declan Rice out of the game. Like, and we're talking about Declan Rice one of, one of the best midfielders in the league, right? He is. He's a brilliant player. And that pass just killed him. Kane does what Kane does. A couple of touches. Son, you're in. Little step over onto your left. Bang. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. Two. It, it, that's the best goal I think we've scored this season. Because that was like, that was a footballing goal. Do you know what I mean? That was clearly like something they've worked on with patterns of play and players dropping in and, and uh, triggers. But Benton Core was just so silky from... I mean, he has been from his from his debut onwards, to be honest. He's just a player. Him and Kuliszewski have just come straight into the team. They look like they've been playing in the Premier League for years. And Benton Core's pretty young as well. What is he, 24, 25? Like, it's a real, real good buyer for around about 20 million. Like, we've done we've done well to get them. And the Hoiberg-Benton Core partnership, I still think there are certain areas where they struggle. But Benton Core makes Hoiberg a better player, for sure. Yes, he definitely, definitely does that. Um and I think that it allows Hoiberg to just do a little bit more of what he's good at. And I think the problem is when you've got Hoiberg and Winks, you say to Hoiberg, well, Winks is really going to do your role. We need you to be a bit more creative and, and make things happen. It's like, he, for me, he's a player that he breaks up play very well and he can pass the ball within sort of 10, 15 yards and he's good at keeping it. He maybe doesn't play that many incredible balls, although yesterday he did play one or two really nice balls into dangerous areas. Um but I think if Hoiberg's just allowed to do that and Benton Cork can come in and do the rest, it's a nice balance. And you forget you've got Skip who we need to get back fit because I, I do think Skip is a more rounded player than Hoiberg. And that, you know, that on paper, the Skip Benton Cork partnership makes me think, oh, that, that could be really great. Um, but at the minute, I think the two of them, they've got a nice partnership going on and they really do complement each other. And you're seeing that in sort of the stats and you're seeing that in the chances that we're creating because we did create a lot of opportunities yesterday. Um, which is why it was so frustrating when we went in at half-time at 2-1. And you thought that is typical Spurs. And all the praise from Doherty, you know, for the for the first goal. What is he doing? Giving the corner away. You just like, just hook it up the line. Clear it. Um, the defending was very questionable. But 2-1 at half-time. And you, I'm sure you were the same. We were in the ground thinking, that is typical Tottenham, it's, that. Yeah. yeah. You know exactly what's going to happen. And it... You know exactly what's going to happen after that. It's a horrible, it's the worst time to concede, but it's just what happens against West Ham, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the second half as well, we created a lot of opportunities. You know, and I, I, I watched the highlights back last night. I didn't realise how many chances we did have in the second half to kill the game, and we didn't take them. And you do get that feeling the longer it goes on at 2-1, you get to like 10 minutes to go, and you think all it takes is an error, a set piece, a ridiculous strike from 30 yards and so on the games so this is a game that we should have just had wrapped up but um the winning goal was brilliant it was a proper old school long ball forward cane up you get son you make the run yeah. and a really great finish and it was brilliant and there, very rarely do you get moments when you're at the game where you know a goal's gonna happen before it happens and yeah, yeah. you saw Kane jumping and son making the run and you think he's in he's in yeah, and yeah. there was that sort of universal like 
pause and silence for like a second just waiting for him to hit it and then obviously the ball hits the back of the net and everyone goes mad and then you can relax and then you can start enjoying it um, it reminded and, me of two goals there was one goal uh, the first one just from like Larice to Kane came to the forward player was the Arsenal one in the Carabao Cup a few years ago, which is one of my favourite yeah. goals that think from Delhi away at the Emirates. But then it also reminded me of, I think this is a long time ago. So it's Bale's first time with us and him, Defoe and someone else are on a break one on like three on one against, I think it was Aston Villa and any, any three of them could have scored. And you just knew it was going to be a goal. Um, Lovely stuff. And I love Sun scoring, particularly against that lot, because you know they hate him. You know they hate him for many reasons. They hate him scoring against them. And it just is brilliant. And what a player he is. And those two, like, if that was the record, what the Lampard and Drogba thing, where is it going to go now? It could be, if they continue playing next year, legitimately they could put 25 on that. Like, it, like, no they, one... like they, could, they could play together for another two, three seasons, at least at this level. And it's like, that's a partnership... Is that ever going to get broken? Like, oh, it's mad. And, like, there, there's been a couple of interviews, like, Sun after just talked about how much he loved playing with Kane. But there was a really good interview with Kulitevsky just, like, over the weekend or yeah. on Friday. He talks about how much he just, how, how much he admires playing, watching Harry Kane in training, what he does off the ball. And, and what a treat it is for him at 21 to come in and go and just start playing with these players to play with Sun and Kane. Because he's only going to get yeah. better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, overall it was um it was a really, really good win. Like I said, we really needed it. There were still some defensive frailties that maybe we'll talk about now, which still it's a little bit concerning watching it. There was all the all the love for Romero, who is <laughs> I love an him. interesting he's an interesting defender. He that you can't you can't question the guy's talent and ability, right? And he's head and shoulders above any other centre back that we've got in the side. He gives me heart attacks watching him. <laughs> It is. It's ho- It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible watching him because he does things that you think oh, that's a brilliant bit of defending, and then he does crazy things. So at one, there's one point in the second half where I, I, I don't. It might have been Ben Rama who he'd got the ball off, and instead of just like playing forward, he's like waiting he in the corner. He's waiting for him to, and he's like, I'm going to try and nutmeg you and take you on. And you're like, mate, you're a centre back. What are you doing? Um, it's very interesting watching him. He's just. He's a very front foot, high risk, defense, risk and reward, isn't it? And it, it all comes down to how do you want to play? And do you want to be a team that is aggressive and on the front foot? If you do, he's a brilliant defender to have in your side. But I watch him and I just think he has got a two minutes into the game in a massive game red card in him. Like he's, oh, got, yeah. he's got the North London derby taking Lacazette out after 90 seconds off. Like he's got that in his locker. Um I just, it's, it's very nervy watching him. And it's like, whenever I watch my defenders, I just want stability. You know, I don't want to have a defender being like, what are you going to do here? You could set a goal up from here or you could cost us one. Um, but he's, he's the modern day centre-back, isn't he? That's, that's what he is. Virgil van Romero, he's proper Tottenham player. He's like, he's like Gomez's back, you know? Um, he reminds, he's like a Waitrose Kirikes, is what he reminds yeah. me of, yeah. you know? Um, I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. There are times where I'm thinking, just what are you doing there? Like there's a glitch in the FIFA algorithm and why are there's times when he goes for the player attacking down the wing and he's doubling up with um, Doherty and you're like, you don't need to be there. You know, you you really don't need to be there. And what I really love is how he steps out of defence to like, if a a striker comes deep, he will go and he knows he's allowed to take him out there. That's the brilliant part of him. And he, he will kick you like hard because you know he's going to get away with it if it's in the box he'll, he'll stay on his feet but I think in there like that's just a young South American aggressive front foot defender when he hits 25, 26, 27 suddenly he'll be the best defender in the Premier League like I'm sure of it and I do think you need a bit of that you say there about you know when a forward drops deep when you're playing a back three your wide centre backs have to do that they have to go with them and he's really not afraid to step into midfield and the guy can play. The thing that I like most about him is he is so comfortable getting the ball and actually driving forward with it. And he'll play the ball wide and he'll go and get in the box. And it's like when you're playing a back three, you do need your defenders on the ball to be positive and not just yeah. keep it safe. And I think the problem when he's not there, you end up with a back three of Davis, Dyer and Sanchez. And all three of them are very safe on the ball, which is like, 
you've then got a bit a little bit of a problem if a team's sitting in against you. But Romero is really not afraid to just pop it wide. I'm going in the box. Get it in there for me. Um, yeah. But all in all, a cracking win. Like, really needs it. It's always great to beat West Ham. Um, in terms of the league positioning as well, like it that we've been saying for weeks, we're not consistent enough to finish fourth. But it keeps you well and truly in the mix now. What we three points behind Arsenal. They obviously have a game in hand, but we have to play them. Um, and we will have to beat them at home, but there's no reason why we can't do that. Um, it just makes it very, very tight, really, between us, United, Arsenal, West Ham are hanging on in the mix as well. You, you know, you'd probably say it's going to be a little bit beyond them to go and get fourth. But it's difficult to call between now and the end of the season because you look at the fixtures that Arsenal have got. They do have they do have some tricky games in there. Um, they've got to play us. They've got to play West Ham. I think they have to play Chelsea as well still. Um, so there are some tougher games that they've got. All we can do now is you'd hope, you know, we've beaten Brighton, beaten West Ham, go on a little bit of a run. You know, we've got international break, get a couple of players back fit. We can get Skip fit, Sessignon fit, because also Regulon against West Ham, watched him play. He got into some areas that you think Sessignon is much more of an attacking-minded player. Like Regulon should have scored two against West Ham. He should have scored against Brighton. And you, you wonder... Is Sessignon going to be more suited to that role? You know, actually having the license to go and get in the box, someone that is a bit more attacking. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But if we can get a few of those players back fit, um, it just gives us a few more options. Because especially in the middle of the park, if anything happens to Benton Core or Hoybjerg, you just worry yeah, about yeah. Winks. Go. What Winks going in there just really does worry you. Um, so to have yeah. skip back will be huge. Well, there's loads of weird stuff, isn't there? We've got Romero, who we don't own yet. He's only on loan. We need to sign him for 50 million. So that is that is an expenditure this summer we just have to expect. I, they I don't will know definitely why. do that. Yeah. They have to do that. Then you've got... Um, but also got, with that, it'll be an expenditure, but it won't be like, here's 50 mil. Do you know what I mean? Because deals, deals don't operate like that. It'll be like, we'll give you 25 now and the rest will be up. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be an outgoing, but it won't be absolutely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, catastrophic. Yeah. Um, then all that news about Reggie as well in the week about how Barcelona won him, about how Real Madrid won him. And, you know, I mean, 40 million is a lot for him. If that that's the rumour. If, if we get offered that type of money, I would snap your hand off at it. I really so would. I, the, the challenge is replacing him with an equal or better player will cost at least that anyway. Right. Yeah. And who is it? It's not Cessna Young. Because yeah. Reggie, he's finishing his poor. He's not there to finish, but they, and sometimes his touch is poor, but he does a great job. He reminds me of Danny Rose in that respect, you know? And he, he does a good job for us. So it's just easier to keep him. And why, if he's a Madrista, why wouldn't you want to go play for Real Madrid? Especially, I mean, did you see they got absolutely pumped for now? I mean, Aubameyang now, he, what is going on there? Well, you know, I saw a lot of stuff about Aubameyang and it was interesting because... One thing you can't question him on is his goal-scoring record. He knows how to put the ball in the back of the net, and he's done it everywhere he's gone. So when Barca got him, he was a little bit surprised at just given his age and the wages and the fact that the way Barcelona play, everyone's got to be brought into the pressing and you know the philosophy. It's like you either play that way or yeah, you don't yeah. play. Um, but so far, it's very early days. You can't really question the, the move because he scored goals some of the football Barcelona played against Madrid last night was just it's well Xavi's in charge isn't he and it's like it's just prime Barcelona and Sergio Busquets is still just I mean what a player but how is he yeah. still going we talk about this don't we that Barcelona team of Busquets Messi Xavi Iniesta um, Puyol just I don't know how you ever beat that team you know insane side absolutely but you forget there was once a point where they had Fabregas and like he's on the bench because it's like, you've got Biscuit, Shavin and Iesta. Like, you're not getting in. Do you know what I mean? That Torre was there at one point and he had to play centre-back for large yeah. periods of the season because he couldn't get in the side. It was like, uh, that's how good that team was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's a good win. We can talk about Brighton. Yeah, I mean, Brighton was... I mean, they were, they were poor, Brighton. Yeah, really poor. poor. You can only beat what's in front of you, though. Um... For me, it was a case of a very professional performance. I didn't, we didn't start the game that well, but when, and the first goal was quite fortunate. But once we got one nil up, it didn't look like it was going to be anything other than an away win. And then getting the Kane, the Kane goal in the second half again, Benton called lovely through ball, great finish from Kane. 
it just felt like a job done kind of result. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah, like yeah. we that's the kind of performance and result we've lacked for the last two, three years, if we're being totally honest, to just go to that type of game and just win. Very under yeah, the radar yeah. kind of result and and cool and on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I I, lo- I, I started off not really liking that shirt, but I really like it now. Are there any other players you take? Like everyone talks about Lamptey at the moment. You have a Lamptey? Yeah, I, I like him. I think he's I think he's a good young player. He's, I mean, is he an improvement on what you've got? You'd probably say yes, he is. But you'd be you're more buying potential than you are current ability with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like where we are and and having Conte and all that. It's probably not the type of signing that we would be going for. I'd be if if we could go and get an established right back and again I don't know who that is but if we could go and get an established right back and him and get rid of Doherty and get rid of Emerson then great and if Lampert is your sort of your number two and you rotate and he plays you know the odd game and he's in cup t- and that type of thing then I, I think that that makes sense but is he is he the answer for 35 games 35 games in a league season probably not at the moment but he'd be a good one to have but like I say Conte doesn't Conte's thinking immediately next season how can I challenge for the title how can I do you know what I mean challenge for an FA Cup he's not thinking let's get a young player in developing for three four years so you know he's a good player the rest of the lot the rest of the Brighton side Lewis Dunk's a decent centre half but again you you wouldn't take him there's not really but again Brighton fans moaning Graham Potter's doing a cracking job at Brighton if you look at that team they're not a great side I think that his footballing philosophy gets a little bit lost on me, to be honest, because I sometimes I watch him trying to go toe to toe with the top teams, and I just think, what's that all about? Like playing open against City, and they were three 0 down after fifteen minutes. You just think, like, what are you doing? Um, but with that group of players, he's definitely he's definitely a coach that can improve players for sure, and he's proven that by going in there. They've not spent heaps, from what I know, um, and if you look at the football he's playing the league position in the points versus when Chris Shooton was there. You can't question you can't question the improvements that they're making. So he's doing a really good job. It's the same with all of these sides and these younger managers. They always have a blip at some point. And it's like it's it it, it Brighton fans moaning, it doesn't seem crazy to me that Brighton would lose five games in a row. Like that doesn't seem an absolutely crazy thing to happen. But football is so fickle, isn't it, that you think if he loses the next two he could be out which seems mad, but that's the way football goes. Yeah, I agree. And we've got them again in a few weeks on the 16th of April. So Yeah, which feels I, weird. Isn't it? I know it was obviously a cancellation and postponement and all that, but weird. That you... Yeah, well, I'm looking at our, fi- our fixtures now. So obviously it's an international break now. We've got Newcastle, Villa, Brighton, Brentford, Leicester. We can win all of them. We can absolutely win all yeah. of them. And that's the thing that is, isn't it? It's that how many times have we said that about runner games this season? And you know what I mean? So it's like if we're just consider five five games there, if we have four wins and a draw would be brilliant. I know you want to win all five, but like that would be a really, really good yeah, return. Yeah. And, like, and that, that could even that could even put you fourth. Four wins and a draw at the next five, we'll probably be fourth with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and then we've got Liverpool, but then Burnley and Norwich. Norwich are one of the worst teams that have ever been in here. Burnley too, and they'll be relegated by then. So like we, we can if we now Liverpool. Let's just assume we lose that because they need whatever. We need these next five games, the biggest five games of our season, and they are a, a week apart each of them. So there's no reason that we can't go in and just smash them. Newcastle, Villa, Brighton, Brentford. Leicester will be difficult, but who knows where, what Leicester are doing at the minute. They've just yeah. only just got into the top ten. I, I'm going five wins. I'm confident now. Well, it would be great to do that. I just think we know Spurs, you're going to drop points somewhere inevitably in one of those games. But even like three wins, a draw and a defeat, wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the most disastrous return to get. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I think if we were to do something like that, I'd imagine Arsenal are in the next five games. Like it just what we need to do is we need to be in a position that when it's the North London derby, if we beat and we go above them, that that's that's the position we need to be in because that game is going to be absolutely huge. I mean they've not scheduled it in, but knowing Sky, that will be the second or third to last game of the season, and it will be marketed as a top four shootout. It will be that kind of thing. 
that is going to be one of the biggest North London derbies for a long time because there'll be something in terms of league positioning and Europe really riding on it. Imagine how good would that be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, a night game packed out, beat them to get in the top four. How brilliant would that be? That would just, oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Well, and the, the thing with this Arsenal thing is, yeah, they're playing well, but I think they are at their absolute peak, right? And the teams they're playing, they're just laying over for them. Like it's it's nothing like when we were going for going for the league. Or people love to to beat us, but it just seems like people are just laying down, letting Arsenal do what they want. They're just beating them easily, and I just yeah, that has to change. I think they get a couple of injuries, Martinelli or Saka or just someone, and suddenly goals will dry up. And I think I think their luck will change. I think they. They've got, they've hit their momentum peak and they'll suddenly kick off. Like they'll get off that soon. Well, they've been on a brilliant run. If they they won like nine out their last twelve or something like that, and with ten games to go, you you would think that that run will end. Like, yeah, if they continue that form for the rest of the season, fair play to them. But I couldn't see them going on like a twenty game unbeaten, like winning seventeen out of twenty, like. That would be a really, really big run to go on. And I do tend to agree with you that at some point they're going to have a, a defeat and a draw in back-to-back games or something like that. And we've just got to make sure that we're there to capitalise if that does happen. What we can't afford to do is lose our next couple of league games or like have a draw and then defeat ourselves. And it would just be like, oh, like typical Spurs, wouldn't it, to do that? We've just got to try and find the consistency now. But like you say, one game a week... There's no like we should be fully fit, no no injuries. It's a really good opportunity for us to have a good run till the end of the season. I still think we're going to come up a little bit short just because you look at you look at this team over the last eighteen months. They are inconsistent, um, but you never know. You just got to try and hang on in there for as long as possible. I I'm believing now. I'm just I don't know. It just feels like as the, like it sounds like Skippy will be back after the international break. It's, it's beginning to come together now. The team are getting confident. Kane seems to be happy, even though he's he's never scored in five games in a row for us. Five Premier League games in a row for us. Mm. Yesterday he was on four. That that seems a bit odd, but yeah, believe it. just the free assists, wasn't it, for him yesterday? It's just <laughs> the guys were. It's 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 just there's no other striker like him. There really isn't, and it's like I I can't even recall there ever being one like him that he can just do absolutely everything. It's the only kind of comparison is Rooney. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it just he's just such a wonderful player. And he always looks like he's got so much time. And that's the measure of a, of a great player. Isn't it? In the final third, he can just control it. And it just looks like he's got four or five seconds on the ball. And you just think he's such a brilliant player. But it does help. Kulusevski does really help now for him because he's got yeah, yeah. two forward runners as well as, you know, his wing backs and his midfielders to play to. And just think Kulusevski is, the player for me that individually is maybe not an absolute superstar, but he's just really brought that connection to the midfield and that, and now the front three. You know, some players just do that, don't they? Just they, they're just what the team needs, and he really does seem like that kind of signing. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's he's just perfect. And we've got to give um, a shout to Peratici. Then he's just done his job. Yeah, we didn't land Ruiz or we didn't land a few other players. It said it sounded like we wanted, but the two we have landed. Uh, exactly what we needed. Yeah. So, yeah, play. definitely. Fair play. Um, definitely. England call-ups. We're going to talk about that. Did anybody? Just, did Di get in, or did he not? No, he didn't. It's a little bit unlucky, maybe, to to have not got in. Yeah, it's especially very, when you look at you look at some of the other centre backs that are in. Yeah, could have been it. him, maybe on enough. Yeah, it could have been, but he might be at the point now, Dyer, where he's got to make a claim to push someone out of the squad do you know what I mean rather than like that like someone like Connor Cody for example he's cemented a place in the squad now and it's up to Dyer to actually have a really good six months to he's got to prove why he should be in there over him as opposed mm. to like you know why should we take Cody out so he must be getting close to being back in that side um yeah I mean how on earth is Maguire in that team over Dyer like I I, I just don't get it I I don't get it. But Carl Walker-Peters has just been called up like in the last hour, which wow. you know, great for him. That's his first call up. I so guarantee you, I guarantee you that there'll be a clause in his contract <laughs> that if he plays for England, it'll be, it'll cost Southampton like two million quid or something like that. You know, there will be. 
yeah. So Levy will be rubbing his hands at that. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Tammy Abraham, did you see that? Scored twice, I think, in the Roma derby on the weekend. He's been banging goals in, though, in Italy, isn't he, this season? Yeah. Fair play to him. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I don't understand the die thing, because he's he's better than half of these players, but, you know. Maguire, Maguire, let's talk about Maguire, because, I mean, that is a player... Like his confidence is absolutely shot. You can see it. I can't believe that he keeps getting a game for United at the moment. Like that's no. what. But I suppose I think if he wasn't the captain, he'd have been it. outside. But it's a. It. it would be a big thing, wouldn't it, for him to be dropped? And it's like you do. So I do sometimes feel sorry for players because it's like eighty million pound defender. That's not his fault. He had no, no control over that. It's like he's gone from playing at Leicester, who played mainly on the break, so he can sit. A little bit deeper, you go to United. You're on the halfway line, defending. Ball's going in over the top, and it's like, I just, I think he's just been found out the last year that he's not a great defender. He's like in certain teams, and if you're going to play a certain way, really solid centre back, and he'll head it and clear it and defend his box. But if you're a team that's going to have possession and play high, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It makes Romero look like a bargain at 45 million. Like, yeah, it's. I do feel sorry for the lads because, like you say, it's not his fault. And we would all take that opportunity if we were all going to be given yeah. eight million to go play for Man United or whatever it is. But it's bad. And it sounds like it's pulling the dressing room apart as well, which, yeah, it's all sort of stuck in the mind. But, you know, it's Man United. Um, yeah. Uh, I did make it. Oh, any, anything else? Sorry. Anything else? Uh not really, it's just that like the atmosphere and the feel good and the emotion of the game was yeah. back for me at Spurs for the West Ham. And the West Ham game's not it's a game that I don't go to that often, if I'm totally honest. My brother really enjoys the West Ham derby. Um so usually he'll go to that one, but he went to the, the, the cup tie against them. So I went and you know, the last couple of years I would say watching Spurs, maybe even a little bit longer than that, it hasn't meant as much when we've won and it hasn't affected me as much when we've lost and even during the game I haven't been I haven't felt tense and like really in it to the same levels I used to at the weekend I definitely did and they did feel that there seemed to be sort of something back so hopefully we can sort of hang on to that and that kind of feeling stays because they it did they did feel a togetherness again and it's like a lot of the time in the ground supporters are a little bit I'm not sure about this the style of football, this manager, that player, all of that. But there seemed to be a lot more. Let's forget all about that. We need to win this game of football. Everyone get behind the team. So hopefully yeah. that stays. But it was nice to feel like, like that again at a game because it does feel like it's been a while since we've had that feeling. Yeah, and that is the most important thing. Um, let me... So I've been to seven West Ham games. I've seen us win three, draw two, lose two. The last game I went to was a win, but it says it's away. It can't be away. Uh, what well, are there any? Yeah, we lost. Um, I don't any, think I've we, ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen us lose to West Ham live. What? I've got two at home. One in the Capital One Cup. We lost two one. That was Sherwood. Uh, I wasn't at that. That was. I wasn't at that because that was the Mediacom. That was Mediacom Christmas party night. Oh yeah, and I went missing that. I don't go to Christmas parties. <laughs> and then a 3-0 where we lost to West Ham. Oh, yeah, I wasn't at that one either. Oh, yeah, we lost three times in the year. And then we lost 3-0 in the Premier League, 2-1 in the league, and then we lost away, didn't we? Then I went to their last, the last home game at their old ground. Oh, that was bad when it we lost 1-0. Yeah. Then my favourite one, though, the one where we won, is um, uh, the one where... It was really tense in the first half. Then Defoe scored that absolute worldie where he's got his back to a defender, takes yeah. all quite it fizzes into him, like he's halfway up into into their half, turns it, just runs at the goal and smashes it in. That was the one where I'd brought Emma, my wife, and she had bought some raspberries from the Sainsbury's, you know, on the way up from oh you you don't come in from that way. On the way up from Seven Sisters, there's a Sainsbury's on the left, which is a really rough one. She bought some Sainsbury's because she likes a, a superfood. And um, she had them under her chin. She just started eating them. Defoe, she hates all the ag- the anger, you know, and all that. So it calmed down a little bit. We were south up at that time with Joe, really close to the way fans. I accidentally bought them like 
six seats away from their fans. We were really close. It was shouting and swearing. And you could see individuals. You know, it's not like you're just looking at the crowd. You are in the eyes of them. And then when Defoe scored that one, everybody from our right just ran over to give it to the West Ham fans on the, on our left. And by the time we'd finished, like she, they'd all run over us. She had like pie in her hair from people shouting and spitting. Um, I, I was buzzing. She didn't love it so much. And then we won that one free. Raspberries one. everywhere, were they? <laughs> Raspberries everywhere. She just, <laughs> she just put them under a chair and just sort of sat quietly, not not loving it. And we didn't go to a West Ham game after that. <laughs> That's what you get for taking raspberries to a game. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's mad. <laughs> yeah. Hate them. I hate everything about them. Cool. Um, I've not got a quiz this week, or have you done one? Well, I have done one. We haven't done one with Chris, but I'm going to crack on and do one anyway, and I'll do another one next week or, or whatever. Um, I might win. If you've done Maldini or Rodan, that means I'm going to win this week. Because yeah, yeah, it's not for me to plan Well, what I've done is um, I do feel bad that Chris isn't here, so I'm sorry, Chris. I'm I'm sorry. Um, She's not going to listen. She's too smart for that. She's not going to listen. She might not be back. Is um, (laughs) I have looked at our players by nationality and just grouped them together. So the first one, for example, is Algeria. Um, So you've got Moussa Saeed versus Nabil Bentaleb. Uh, I'm going to go for Bentaleb just for the, as you said, the keys to North London for the cross. For Harry Kane's header, you know, against he, Arsenal. What a game, what a goal. Hey, 45 appearances for us, which seems a lot in, in the Premier League as well, which seems a lot mm. over three years. Um, Argentina. Argentina is difficult because there's some, you know, what I tried to do was get players I thought were at least close to each other in yeah. what they mean to us. Because like you've got Lo Celso, Romero, Lamella, Gazzaniga. It's quite hard to put any of them, like, unleveled. So I chose... Uh, Juan Foyth and Federico Fazio. Oh my God. I mean, Foyth, every single day of the week. Fazio, he was one of the weirdest defenders. He was, when we signed him and you saw him, you thought yeah. he's going to be unreal in the Premier League. He was massive, wasn't he? And he used to get bullied by like small strikers. And you just think, you're huge. Like, how is that happening? He was not good, Fazio. Six not good. Five. Went to Sevilla, went to Roma. Then Roma bought him from us for some reason. And, um, yeah, I, I think they, they paid like three million for him, didn't they? Um, I actually chose Fazio because there, there felt like a couple of games where he was OK, whereas Foyth was just a bit bland. Like, I can't remember anything he ever did. But there was a couple of games, actually, where he was quite good for us. Maybe let's just chat about these and we'll we'll do the... Uh, right. the so then Belgium... I mean, the standard's very high for Belgium because oh, you've yeah. got Toby, Chadley, Dembele, Vertonghen and Jonathan Blondell. We'll forget him. So I'm going... Uh, we d- I just went with Vertonghen and Dembele on that one. but um, So tough. Like, that's a tough one. I, ju- I just think Dembele, Vertonghen and Alderweireld, you can make a case for all of them. But you really can. Toby is, Toby is the best out of those the most important to us out of those three because he just he's perfect right i just you know whereas for tongan there was an error in him and dembele could have been more effective you know that that was my that was my reason yeah but, yeah fair fair but all, i mean what all wonderful players and bell the crop of players belgium yeah. have got or have had the last sort of like five years or so is just <laughs> remarkable and like they've been close haven't they to tournaments but for for a small for a fairly small country very what a side they've got. Yeah. Like, yeah, re- like really, like even like Nangulin and players like that, you forget are there and they're just Fitzel, doing really well. Even yeah. like, I know he's not there, like even like Fellaini, he was a pretty good, do you know what I mean? goal, Lukaku. It's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? They had Ben Teke when he was, when he was good. Yeah. Hazard, like. De Bruyne. You know, yeah, there's a lot of players, isn't there? Had off against De Bruyne, only, yeah. There's only 12 million people there. Like, that is a small country. Mm. You know, it's a lot, lot, lot less than England. Um, then we've got Brazil. And I went for Brazil, Mora versus Gomez, because that's quite a difficult one, right? Because you've got the other ones. You've got Gilberto, Mora, Paulinho, Sandro, 
Vinicius. You know, there's Gilberto. Do you remember Gilberto, the left back? He was atrocious. Yeah. He was so bad. Like I can't even believe like that he that he was a pro. He was yeah. just. I, just, well, I remember watching a few times just thinking, what have we got here? What is this yeah. guy all about? Like, it can't, it can't honestly be a Brazilian player because, you know, well, you, you break the stereotype, don't you? Brazilian players, technically, they're always going to be excellent, which obviously is not the case. But he was just, he was something else. He really was. Well, we, we keep on buying, like, defensively minded ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Emerson um, Royale, Gilberto Sandro. It's like Molinio's de- yeah. <laughs> defensive Brazilians. The only one we've got is is Mora. That's the only one. Yeah. And you know what? For that night in Amsterdam, fine. Build the man a statue. He can do what he wants. And he seems lovely. And apart from his support of a bad uh, bad president. Yeah. Um, Bulgaria only had one. And there's obviously Berbatov. Cameroon, we had four. How many can you name? Maybe I'm just going to do this. How many can you name? Cameroon. Um, Asui Koto. Basong. Yeah. These are harder ones now. Clinton and G. Clinton and G. Now, the other one, 2004 to 5, initials TA. Only 18 oh, appearances. Timothy Atuba. Very good, yeah. Scored that absolute screamer at Newcastle. He and did, yeah. It, it, it was such a good goal by such a bad player that he didn't know how to celebrate it. And he just sort That's of stood funny. there. It's amazing. Um. Yeah, not blessed with the best players from Cameroon, have we, <laughs> over, no. the, over the years? Uh, one of my favourites, who had fewer appearances than Sebastian Basson from Canada. Who have you got? Canada? Yeah. Or Paul Stalteri? Paul Stalteri, yeah. I just, on the DVDs of that time, he just he's always popping up, or on the goal things on YouTube, he's just always popping up with important goals. He just did a decent job. I don't, I don't It was just amazing that it was him that got that winner at West Ham. Like, so oh. I, I don't remember him scoring another goal for us. He scored two in the league for us. Did he? And it was just like the fact that in the last minute of a game away from our man, right back is on the left wing and he's getting into the box from a counter-attack where he's, he's probably like meant to be marking oh. or on the post and we've just broken. He's gone, I'm just going to go for it. It's How amazing. Were you at the foe? for that like he could have done he could have guaranteed the goal but he still went for it with a really the, uh, striker's shot. mindset in it striker's mindset not just, it's the foe's mind he is the most not selfish not in a bad way but most selfish striker we've ever had yeah. uh, who else we got Colombia Sanchez he's still going we sort of know what it means now Croatia Choluka Cranchar Modric I, this was my period I absolutely loved those three all left us in 2012 as well but we had the goalkeeper as well, didn't we? Platicosa never played for Platicosa. us. That's right. Yeah. Um, he said it was the worst thing he'd ever did. The worst decision in his career he ever, he ever made. That's the thing. They only, they only signed him to keep the other Croatians happy because they were mates with him. And I was like, yeah. who writes this stuff? <laughs> I was like, That's, we've not bought a player because he's mates with Modric. Like, it doesn't work like that. And I found that, that strap line so funny that people believed it. It's like, oh, Modric's unhappy, so we've signed his mate. It's like, no. Um, uh, yeah, that was brilliant having those three Croats in the side, wasn't it? And I remember there were periods in games, especially like when Cranchard used to play off the right sometimes, where they'd have like, little passages of play, like a triangle, and it was just like, oh, they were all technically so, so good. Mm. Uh, Czech Republic, this is a hard one. He only played 16 times for us between 2004 to 2008. RC. Radic Czerny. Very good, yeah. Razak Cherny. Mm. He was very, very important in the cup when we won it. Yeah. And Robin, and he got dropped in the final for Robinson because Robinson had been really dodgy, like really dodgy. So they took him out of the team and Cherny come in and done well. We got to the cup final and he was like, nah, I'll go um, back to Robinson. Yeah. Um, right, we'll start. Denmark, we have three. Can you name them? Three from Denmark. Um, obviously Ericsson, Hoybjerg. Nineteen ninety-six to two thousands. That is your time. Ninety-six appearances. Leonardson. No. A N. Alan Nilsson. Gosh, should Alan know Nilsson. that. Should know that. Got the winner in the cup final, didn't he? Diving header. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. Egypt. 
Mido. Mido. Yeah, Gali. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. remember? It might. I think it was a bit before you started going there, but Hossam Gali once got subbed as a sub. It's bad day. By Martin Yell. And he took his shirt off and threw it on the floor before remember he'd left that. the pitch. And all the Spurs fans said, you're not fit to wear the shirt. I don't think he played oh. again. It was amazing. But he come on and he had an absolute stinker. Like, up there with one of the worst cameos. And it's like, how bad have you got to be as a sub to get pulled 15 minutes later? It's like, it's horrendous, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not going to go through these. I'll finish on this one. So, France, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Wow. How many, do you, how many do you think you can get? Oh, bloody hell. Mate, oh, right, let's go for it. Obviously, we've got Hugo. Obviously, we've got Hugo. Hugo. Um, Sissoko. Yeah. Undum Yeah. Steve Malbronk. Steve Malbronk. I, I never think as, as French. Wait, so let me, let me just delete these. So Hugo, Malbronk, Undum you said Sissoko. Yep. Yeah. Um, David Ginola. Yeah. Benjamin Stambouli. Stambouli, yep. Yeah. Um, was Nuruddin Nabet French? Oh, Damn that. No. Where is it? Where is it? He, he appears somewhere else. No, he's not. Uh, uh, Stefan Dalmat, if you're including loan players. Yeah, very good. That is impressive. Yeah. Um, much William, Gala- William, William William Gallas. Yeah. Another defender um, from about that time. That's what's that seven or eight so far. Um, I'm sure there's some obvious ones that I'm missing. It's hard yeah, yeah. to get put on there. On the spot. Another um, defender from about that time. Played for us twice. That's an easy. That's an easy clue. Played for us twice. Yeah. Oh, Eunice Kabul. Eunice Kabul. Yeah. Yeah. So much potential, Yunus uh, Kabul. It always felt like an attitude problem somehow, didn't it? Just a shame, you know. Just He used to make a lot of silly mistakes as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, All right. Striker didn't score much for his team. Came to us and scored like two in his first game. And then sort of fizzled out a little oh, bit. Oh, Louis Saha. Louis Saha, of course. Yeah. Um, um, next one, sort of a midfielder, maybe defensive midfielder. Played for us 2006-2009. Didn't score much. Um, very not well. He's, I think it was him, and then Zakora sort of replaced him, and then Sandro sort of replaced him. Oh, you might have me stumped on this one. Uh, well, no, they the right back. I'm completely wrong. Pascal Chimbonda. Pascal Chimbonda. Why does I think he played in the middle? I'm not sure. We 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 had Pascal Chimbonda twice as well. Did we? Yeah. He left to Sunderland and come. We got him from Fulham. He left to Sunderland right. and we got him back from Sunderland. And it was the second transfer was even worse than the first one. He played three times after that. Oh god, yeah. And then Blackburn. Then he went to QPR. Then he went to Doncaster Rovers. Then Market Drayton Town. It's like really bad. I was oh, I was at his second debut for Spurs, which was Sunderland away. And we went up there, we drove up there. It took about five and a half, six hours to get up there. And he gave the goal away after about two minutes. We were one nil down. <laughs> and uh, Robbie Keane equalised in with one of the last kicks of the game. So it was worth it for that. But yeah, he, not, not our finest hour. Um, how, many, how many more have I got to get? Two or three? Uh, Bondi. yeah. One, one of those wingers that we signed... He was with us for three years, but never did anything for us. Um, oh, in Kudu. In Kudu, yeah. Last one's a hard one. Uh, 2004, 2006, 25 appearances. NP. No way, Pamero. No way, Pamero, mate. That's all of them. Not bad. I needed help with some of them. Um, there's a lot of French players, though, we've had, haven't we? That's got to be I, one of the nations that we've, we've had the most of. Yeah, I think looking at the bids... It is the most, like, by a yeah. long way. It was interesting. That was good. I enjoyed go. that. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Well, international break next week. So, 
you know, no Spurs to uh, make or break the weekend, which is uh, which is probably a good thing. But we'll be back. We'll probably do a pod next week anyway, wouldn't we? Do a retro yeah. one, find some nonsense for us to ramble on about for an hour. Um, They'll find the way to ruin it for us. That's it. That's it, I'm sure. But uh, until then, remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.